Talking Circle Studio. Yeah, yeah, it was it was weird. You know, you start tweaking when and you're on meth, and uh, and and you're like, oh wow, you know, it gave me, for instance, it gave me the confidence uh, to do things that I would never do otherwise, like you know, work on my car or you know, talk to people that I wouldn't talk to. And I remember I would just be like, I would just be like, yeah, fuck it, let's rebuild this engine. You know what I mean? And the first year it worked out pretty good because I think there was probably some normal people around me to to do the stuff, but then after a while it was just like I. I I'd be about halfway through taking it apart, and I'd be like, "Oh fuck it, I don't oh, care yeah. anymore," you know. And then, then you start looking at the couch, and you're like, "Hey, I wonder if there's anything inside. I wonder if, <laughs> if, they, if they left a treasure in there or something." So you, you think you're a fucking treasure hunter after a while. So it's like it's, the ultimate booty call. Huh? <laughs> exactly. Exactly. <laughs> Welcome to the Terminally Unique Podcast. My name is Dean. And my name is Diva. Diva's back again. Hi. Yes. There you go. Here I am. Yeah. How are you doing, Diva? I'm good. I have, I've had a jam-packed full week I know. of super awesome events. Karaoke, you were there. Oh, yeah, I was. Know? I was. It's, a lot that's of fellowshipping. Some, that's some fun sober stuff, I know. right? Even today, like, great. I've just been around a lot of people with great recovery, and here I am in a nice recording room with more people with great recovery. So, how was your week? It's been great. You know, I love karaoke, uh, and I the first uh, center I worked at, the one I worked at for a couple years, um, I started doing karaoke there, and I would come in every other Friday, and it would get there at eight o'clock at night, and I go till midnight or twelve thirty or something, and. And it was just so cool for me because I love, I've always loved karaoke, mm-hmm. but, but having people that are newly sober and come in and sing and like realize that they can have a good time without having a bunch of drinks yeah. is a really cool thing. And are you sure you don't have any Filipino in your blood? I know. I know. I'm pretty sure I am. <laughs> that karaoke thing. I mean, I've had some Filipino girlfriends, so, yeah. you know, maybe. Osmosis or what? <laughs> 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 you got uh, I've been trying to get some. Anyway. Uh, <laughs> oh. That's old school no my god no uh but yeah you know what like i I know i know there was somebody that was like struggling the week leading up to that with the 420 and all that stuff you know and and Uh to see them on stage singing and being so happy so happy about that it was so sweet it was Mm -hmm. so sweet now i just looked around the room a few night a few moments that night and and was just like i just felt super like happy yeah you know we had a great turnout and we did. It was super packed. You were you're so such worried. a great organizer. I was so worried about the chairs. Like we had no space. <laughs> you know what? Next time we're gonna rent the whole place out, like outside <laughs> and inside. Screw you know? It, did you, you know? hear? Well, we'll talk about that. Yeah. Later, okay. But, yeah. <laughs> we'll talk about yeah. that later. Yeah. So anyway, great week, and yeah, thank you for organizing that event. It was great. Um, and you know who else I want to thank is. Inspector Dre. Oh, oh, but he changed it now, right? Dre Cuts. It's just Dre Cuts. I yeah. think it's just Dre Cuts, right? D-R-E-H underscore C-U-T-Z. Yeah. And also listen to his podcast, Dre Talks. That's right. Yeah, the guy. The guy's Talks an amazing dude. Yeah, he had this show. Are you sure? No, I'm just kidding. No, he, he had Dre Talks this last week, and he had some some kind of designer on the show. Oh, awesome. Um, that, and he had all these models. And so, like, a, he was here models? at Talking yeah. Circle Studio in Monrovia, oh. California, with all these models. <laughs> I came home, and there's all these models in this room. I'm like, holy crap. This is awesome. This never happens to me. Starts sweating bricks. <laughs> <laughs> He's like, I hope Amanda doesn't arrive anytime like, right now. If she shows up, I'm in trouble, man. <laughs> yeah. yeah. I have to do some 10 step, making some amends uh, later on. I know. No, it was it was great though, man. He's really he's really doing uh, he's really doing the thing, and he's actually coming up on uh, he's coming up on a uh, on a big number here next Friday. Oh, so. is he? Yes. Yeah, gonna he's gonna go get his him. he's gonna get his year. He's gonna get his year. In, if so. you want to support him, be at TOS at eight thirty. Uh, is it eight o'clock? 8:30? I don't know. You tell me. I'm the one who's supposed to know this. <laughs> well, we'll figure it. Hit me up. Yeah. If you know. Exactly. If you know, you know. Um, and our second, our second sponsor is Talking Circle Studio. That's right, the studio Talking that I am recording this beautiful studios. Talking Circles. That's it. That's right. That's that's me, and this is my <laughs> studio. And I, I, I'm I'm uh, I'm advertising it not because uh, not because I want to make a million dollars, but because I do want to uh, I do want to keep the studio, and I do love the idea of getting your ideas out there. And there's no better way than to have your own podcast to, to do it. You come in here. 
you have a guy who's had some experience in the field of podcasting and and you have <laughs> I wonder you, who that guy is. <laughs> you have a you have a great a great little uh, a great little intro into it and and I can walk you right through the whole process. So give us a call. If uh, you, you want to have your own podcast, yeah, come you on can, over. You can go through the talking, uh, the terminally unique podcast at gmail.com, or you can call me directly at 818 823 9595. All right, off to the show. You're, you're, you're going you're to introduce the guest. I oh, think, yes. To, I'm yes. so excited. So we have our famous Jimmy Hunter oh. today. Who is uh, actually celebrating a birthday coming up on 29 years, and he's a no wonderful friends. <laughs> no friends, <all> <laughs> 28, and he's a wonderful producer and an overall great friend. And I do know that he believes in a God that is a healer and a restorer. And here it is, you guys, Jimmy Hunter. Welcome, welcome. yay! Well, well, well. Yeah. I'm so glad that you're here. I was me so excited too. when when he asked me to come over. I was, I like, was like, who are we interviewing? And he's like, Jimmy uh, Hunter. I was like, my friend Jimmy Hunter coming over to Monrovia. Well, I'm happy to be here. I'm so happy. I, I took the last train from Clarksville. And oh, here I am. Yes. Oh, yeah. Yes. That beautiful gold line from downtown. That's exciting. Oh, it was awesome. Yeah, this is so great. You know, I got to see, I got to uh, hear you when you shared on uh, on a twelve step group once uh, that morning one, mm-hmm. like I don't know, six months ago, whenever it was, it was around think, New Year's Day, I think. Was it? Was that? Been, was? Yeah, Angie's. Angie yeah, had been, yeah, 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 yeah. So it must and have been a Sunday. It was, yeah, I think so. And yeah. and then it was like, uh, I was like, I was like, this guy's got some some recovery. And then you, you never left. You kept coming back. I yeah, kept seeing you. I dug it. I needed a. Home group, quote unquote, right? And, and uh, I go to that Molly Malone's meeting that Love I know that you from meeting. as well, Diva, mm-hmm. where I met you personally. Mm, yes, right? Right. and uh, yeah, I was a daily attender for many years, and then this COVID thing happened. Oh, yes. oh yeah, oh that vid, the thing so, that's in the past now. That thing yeah, put, <laughs> that that still put a thing? damper on live meetings, but they're back. Thank God. With a fury and a vengeance. Yes, so. that's so true. I'm, I'm so glad. Excited. I'm so glad to see people in person. Like, I need people to interact with. It's I know. Like, I know. I just saw that that's how this whole thing got started. We, we couldn't do any meetings, so we thought we'd, we'd do a show and kind of like have a mini meeting uh, once a week at mm-hmm. least. So yeah. that's how this whole thing got started. It's went working. To, yeah. Yeah. Because yeah. yeah. you're working it. That's right. Yeah. That's right. <laughs> I'm telling you. My, my recovery in the last year has grown more than it has in the first 10. So, you know, uh, so it's, something's going right, you know. But, uh, but Jimmy, like, tell us. Okay, so what, what was your drug of choice? My drug of choice? Yeah. Yours? Yours. My, no. <laughs> I'll have some of yours. Whatever's, Whatever whatever's closest to me. Yeah, no, whatever. <laughs> whatever. <laughs> I'm experienced in, in alcohol, cocaine, marijuana, and uh, uh, I've known... Uh, I've I, I snorted some speed one time on a motorcycle trip, but that wasn't my thing at all. So right. I'm not going to claim say that's my choice. But I had some experiences with some stuff. I saw a palm tree do a dance one time. Heck yeah, heck yeah. <laughs> yeah. Nice. I chewed a glove through it through Georgia one night on my vintage '71 Beamer. <laughs> oh man, it was a gauntlet. Actually, it went all the way over. It was pretty cool. Oh, wow, <laughs> so Chewed cool. That, and huh? and the guy that had it was he had a Moto Guzzi and I had a BMW and his dad was a dentist and mm. he had some really good. Th- Maybe it was cocaine. If I thought it was speed because it burned. Oh, oh yeah, yeah, that's, yeah. It that's should the, burn. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Okay. Definitely. Well. The more I cried, the better. Yeah. You know, that's that was my. my uh, yeah, when yeah, it drips yeah, behind your nose, like in the back of your nasal <laughs> yeah. passages, you know that shit's good. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> that was a long drive from Detroit to Southern Florida without getting off the bike, except for the, uh, the to my uh, fuel would up. Hurt. Oh my god! It's wow. Amazing. I, in my twenties, you can't. Yeah, I was gonna say. Okay, you know, like okay. you're, you're I'm, doing I'm seventy-one now. <laughs> I'm gonna do that today. I don't even go on the freeway now. Yeah. <laughs> oh, but you do go to Molly Malone's on your bike. Yeah, but there's no freeway involved. <laughs> it's just a little putt putt down Crescent Heights. <laughs> so, so you, so you still ride a, a bike. Yeah. Oh, okay. Cool. I bought it in 1971. It's a vintage BMW, and uh, you still have it. Yeah, and it's only got about fifty-five thousand miles on it. But I've kept it all these years and maintained it and restored it a couple of times. Well, that's awesome. So cool. And my uh, my little hobby, you know, for Saturday mornings. So. For just yeah. for like fifty years. That's all. Mm-hmm. <laughs> just, just, just measly yeah. 50 years. That was like when I was born with seventy. Go out to Malibu <laughs> once in a while. You know, a little Malibu yeah, once in a while. A little run oh, over there. Okay. Yeah. 
All right, so um, so let's 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 reel it back all the way to the beginning. Where where, where are you from originally, and like, what was your family life like growing up? Well, I uh, I'm a native Virginian. I'm a Southern boy, oh. Southern gentleman. Oh, love okay. that accent. And but I'm raised in Detroit, so mm. I, I grew up in Virginia, and all my family was from Virginia. Yeah. And uh, my dad was a traveling uh, salesman who happened to have an engineering degree. So we moved every four years. He'd move to one place and he'd, he'd get a territory. And then he was such a good salesman that the company would give his clients up to four new salesmen so they could maintain them better. Because, and then he would go break it in. So wow. we finally ended up in Flint, Michigan when I was 10 years old. Oh, man. Mm. There's a lot of bad press on that. My... Uh, my grandparents were bootleggers. Oh, awesome! What? That's so yeah. cool. Long My, line of during alcohol. the d during the depression and down on uh, along the James River down by Williamsburg, <laughs> uh, across the river from kind of mighty James River mm. from uh, from Virginia, uh, Williamsburg, Virginia, and that little county there called uh, Surrey County. It's a lot like England. That's why they called it Surrey. It's, oh. And it's also where Pocahontas eventually settled with oh. her husband, John Rolfe. Wow. Not John Smith. Yeah. No, no. John yeah. Rolfe. They just hooked yeah. up. Yeah, and, yeah they, <laughs> they the, just had a little so fling. it's the county where Pocahontas is from. And uh, oh. uh, Anyway, it, he had a little still down by the river. And uh, as the story goes, his in his dysfunction... Uh, and it was a big secret for a lot of years. My uncle Elton forgot to give the signal one time. He was going to go <laughs> to let him know he was coming down with some supplies for the still. Yeah. And he forgot to uh, give the signal, and my grandfather shot his own brother dead. Was he drunk? Oh, oh like, so was that, he drunk? So that, yeah. Well, they were always drunk. Oh. <laughs> right. and so much that my mother had to get raised by her grandparents. Oh. So, so my mother, because of that, my mother was a what you call a teetotaler. She didn't do right. anything. And my dad enjoyed a good uh, uh, drink, uh, scotch, and... Uh, so Manhattan. So she, so she was kind of like a, a she was a built-in codependent because she yeah. had parents that were alcoholic. What do you and call it? So untreated. She, my mom might have had a, had a, had a cream de menthe, maybe. Right. And, but when it came to a pie, she said, "Honey, I'll just have a sliver." Oh, <laughs> I love that. I just have a sliver. But she was like, she was kind of the caretaker. She was always taking care of your dad. She was always taking care of the people that were dysfunctional in her life. Yeah. And, yeah. Until she caught him cheating, and that was the oh. end of that. So oh. One day, my mom pulled me into a room, and I was 10 years old. She pulled out a, a, a fold, a, a manila folder, and said, Honey, I just don't know what I'm going to do. Your father is cheating him. Look, here, he's the pictures. I had a detective. Look at him. And her, her name was Dorothy Maletic. And here he is. Look, going into Jeez. a motel room. And there's other ones, too. Mm, what was your reaction to that? That was a lot for a 10-year-old to tell. Yeah, and, I would imagine. And, and, and my mother should have never done that. Doesn't mean I hate my mother. Yeah. It just means she didn't know what to do when she was seven hundred miles away from home and and her and and she made her son her best friend for a minute. And mm -hmm. that really uh, she was a very country uh, rural type woman. Very beautiful. Mm -hmm. Movie star pretty and that southern accent. Shogo. Are you the only child? Like do you have any siblings? I have a sister. Okay. Younger? She's four years younger. Okay. What's the uh what, like does she does she have the same affliction as yourself? My sister, yeah. My sister's still up in the wine, and uh, I I don't know. I'm not going to name and claim any problems for her, but no. but she sure she sure does like sweets and pastas and and wine and uh, <laughs> yeah. Okay. Yeah, so I. That's her life, and no, it's not okay. mine. She respects my sobriety. Okay, so. that's that's the main thing. That's a funny county down there in Virginia, though. It's a funny accent. They talk kind of plantation. They they walk the dog, slap the hog, and milk the cow. <laughs> I love that. So they kind of talk. They have their own way of doing they're like peanut and pine. You got country. that down pat. Well, like, I mean, he's from there. So. It is so yeah. beautiful. You could just like some of that. Easy. Well, I kind of got teased out of it. Oh yeah. Uh, so when we when we moved up to Michigan, uh, uh, everybody talked different, and uh, I I got teased a whole lot because mm -hmm. of that, and. 
And my dad had a gave me a stocking cap and said v, he went to VPI Virginia Politic Institution. You know they have a football team. You probably heard of VPI. I've never have. And 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 it said all the way around Virginia Politic Institute. Polytechnical Institute, and, and but all the kids saw was Virginia, so that became my nickname. Hey, Virginia! Oh. So I felt uh, a, a childhood, uh, e- even up into my teens, of abuse from my peers, and I just didn't really want to uh, hang too much. I, be- I became an isolator, and okay. and uh, by the time I was a teenager, I was uh, well into practicing the drums and wanting to be my like my high school band director. That's awesome. First, I played the tuba. Because oh, yeah. I was a port little kid, but but then I met my junior high band director, and I wanted to be just like him. So wow. I went downstairs and played the drums on a clear channel station called CKLW that came over the river uh-huh. from Canada. <laughs> over the river, and it was an eighty thousand watt channel, and and it played all the Motown because we were in Detroit. Detroit, it, yeah, yeah, and and I learned all the Motown and all the early rock of the mid sixties, and became uh, eventually a professional drummer. And, wow, uh, this is where you get your love. So wait, music. so before you get there, are you? Is the drinking begun for you, or the drugging begun for I'm you? I'm a late bloomer as far as drinking, and it was. It's just kind of weird. I mean, I had a birthday once, and my buddies took me out, and we all did chartreuse, and I got completely smashed and threw up, and made a made a fool out of myself, and said I'll never do that again. But my drinking and weed smoking, all stuff, was a little bit behind my. Peers, I was a very serious musician. So I was b- very serious about venting my anger on those drums. On those you got to beat those that things. Is so I couldn't hit though. my friends. I really wanted to hit my friends. Every time <laughs> I wanted to play baseball, got hurt. Every time I wanted to play football, got hurt. Uh. Then puberty time came, and I didn't go into puberty on time, and I had to go to a hospital and get stimulated with uh, testosterone. Wow. During the Detroit riots, I can remember 1967, they, they were saying, you know, you know that street, 8 Mile, right? Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. So, yeah. Oh, they're coming up. They're going to riot. They're rioting. They're coming up 8 Mile. They're at 9 Mile. They're 10 Mile. I'm at 13 Mile, so they're coming up closer. And here I am in a, in, with an IV in my arm for a week getting ready to have puberty go in, th- in three months, what most guys go through in two or three years. Wow. And, and I was the only male in the... Uh, Hormone ward, <laughs> right, and right. Uh, and everybody else was women with mustaches. <laughs> it's kind of weird. <laughs> it's kind of a weird scene. That's great. And so, so I thought. I thought you talk about that. Was that guys are terminally unique? Yeah. I thought I had some pretty unique issues. Right, yeah, right. Of course. And and uh, and I I I think I wanted to be unique. I wanted to make. I wanted people to love me. Mm, yeah. yeah. And and all I did was get my feelings hurt all the time. I felt yeah. like I was a human pincushion. Mm. So uh, those aren't the most pleasant memories, but you know what doesn't kill you makes you stronger. Makes you stronger, exactly. So uh, practice, just like practicing the steps and the principles yep. of AA or twelve step program or any any way that you might find yourself moving towards a recovered situation. Right. Uh, that practice can strengthen your life, mm-hmm. and, and and my practice on the drumming increased my musical life. My practice in twelve step work helped me find a better spiritual life and a better sober, clean, healthy life in a in a restorative situation from a God that loves me. Yeah, like the best thing you ever made. I know, huh? So Perfect. in your, you want to tell your, you about that? Let me tell you about that high, for a second. How was high? Like you finished high school, and that's when you started your your whole mu- love of music. Junior high. Junior high. Wow. Ju- okay. Junior high. Yeah, I I I was in bands in the seventh grade. We 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 were doing little songs wow, like that's... My Baby Does the Hanky Panky. Oh, and uh, you know Louie Louie and all the songs yeah. that were going on in the '60s. Yeah. That was that was my scene. And eventually, I went from you know a little band kid in bands, and and I, and I actually started getting really really good jobs. I played a few weddings and a few things in in my late teens. But by the time I was 21 or 22, I was a full blown professional uh, clubbing musician. Okay. And uh, by the time I was Maybe twenty two, twenty three. I was playing in the kind of clubs where people didn't even come to dance; they came to watch you play. It was like concert lounges, so it was kind of good. I was already in becoming a watchable 
entertaining guy in a band that you don't have to play for the dance floor. They, people might dance on the tabletops, but there yeah. wasn't a dance floor there where they came to see the band. Play. Right, wow. right. So then are, are you, do you, do you end up getting, I mean, so you're what, in your early 20s at this point? Mm-hmm. Are you, are you starting to drink regularly at this point? I, I really experimented, but until I got to California and, and got into bands that had record deals and cocaine budgets. Right, right. And where if you didn't do the cocaine, you weren't going to get paid because the cocaine's coming out of the budget. Right. Then I started feeling the peer pressure strong enough. And, of course, cocaine will make you wide awake drunk. Mm-hmm. And, I've, and I've also fell in love with uh, this wonderful California drink called the margarita. Oh, oh yeah. And so uh, I, I, there was a local restaurant over by me. I know Ger- Gerald, I know he knows it, uh, El Coyote. Oh, oh yeah. yeah. So that, I spent a lot of time in that place. I've been 86, told I could only have one more. <laughs> I learned how to get more than one that more. Was, by then, by that then, the, that was the last place that what's your face ate, right? The, the uh, last place what? The uh, last place that um, the one from oh. uh, the one that the one that was murdered by the the Manson uh, the, the the yeah Charles Sharon Manson. Tate Sharon Tate possibly. yeah Sharon Tate yeah. yeah that was the last place she ate. Yeah, it's worship. a very popular crazy yeah. wild place. Yeah, 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 it's on Beverly, right? I, oh yeah. yeah, I can remember. Uh, no, I mean, you said, we went from Mr. Straight Lace, I'm serious drummer, I'm being careful, to passing amyl nitrate around at the table. <laughs> so that, it so went okay. from one place to another, <laughs> trust yeah, me. Pretty quick. But when it, yeah, it, when it happened was like a, a light switch, you know, and, and, and the people I was hanging around with were that influence on me. Mm-hmm. The, the, the guitar player that I played with was, was a maniac, and, and, uh, but he was also really, really great, and I wanted to be associated with his greatness. So I wanted to do the things he did, right, so that he right. would love hanging me, having me hang with him, and and have our careers run along in tandem. And and it did for a while. So did, did so were you associated with the band that that like you know made it big or whatever? Or did yeah. you? Oh, okay. Yeah, I was one of the lucky ones to uh, to to come to California and have a job to come came. Uh, job to come to yeah so i moved from the nightclubs of detroit to the limousine rock scene without even having to come out and do audition much. i can't well i mean they flew me out i auditioned i got the job right. it's october of 75 i moved out here to play with ray manzarek of the doors oh, wow. oh the doors. doors one of my freaking fa- favorite all-time bands and it was a super group like uh, not unlike led zeppelin because paul warren was the guitar player who who was also from detroit mm-hmm. he played on papa was a rolling stone right. when he was 15 and he came out and Jeez. to play with rare earth and when he got out of rare earth he got in with ray our bass player was uh, uh, Nigel Harrison from Blondie. Oh, wow. And uh, there was Ray and, and me and, the, and an unknown singer. And uh, we called ourselves Night City. And we made a few albums. And then after that ended up, I, I got in with some other bands. I'm actually doing uh, an interview tomorrow about being a member of the Turtles, Flo and Eddie. Oh, uh, wow. Mark, Mark Volman and Howard Kaline became their drummer in 77. Wow. And then uh, this, the drummer that got me that job, he kept going on to different ones, and I'd always get his. Next thing I know, I got a Nick Gilder job, Hot Child in the City. Yeah, yeah. And then uh, I got a chance to play with the Village People, and that opened, oh, that opened that's up. That's huge, man. They were huge in the late 70s, man. That opened up a trip to New York to play on Cher because the producer was going to produce Cher. Uh-huh. So they got in a fight. But share like my tune that I had brought to the party in a collaborative kind of situation. And the next thing I know, here 42 years later, I just got a double platinum record on my wall. Wow. Oh, that's so cool, man. Soon, soon to be. This is more like what it's like now, actually. Right? Yeah, I know, I know. But <laughs> well, I guess we could jump around. Oh, yeah, of course. Sure, you can do whatever yeah. you want. Yeah. So it's, it's soon to be triple. So I'm real excited about that. that it took cool. 42 years to get something that you put into the system. And it took that long to end up on a greatest hits album, so that's pretty cool. Yeah, oh, that's so that's cool for me. It's it's, it's going to really help my songwriting career because it's a good feather in your cap to get yeah. somebody to pay attention to your current catalog. Done. Which right. my current catalog, I think, is way better than that little song that I wrote for a girlfriend back in 1977. <laughs> oh, that's so cool, though, right? Yeah. So. 
So go rolling it back. So you're going, you're, you're like you said, you're coming from Detroit, coming to LA and you got the cocaine budgets. And so you just find yourself one day, just like doing a bunch of cocaine and, and drinking all and day. How, yeah. how old yeah. were you? Plus I was 25 when I got here. Okay. And, and yeah, but Ray was a millionaire. Yeah. He gave us only $50 a week in 1975. I had to supplement my income. Wow. I left Detroit making $500 a week. I was the highest paid drummer in Detroit. Right. I left that to seek my uh, fame and fortune. Yeah, yeah. And I, I needed to take a shot because I couldn't go any farther there, so I did it. But um, that that was the scene, the 50 bucks a week, so I had to get a tuxedo, go play some parties and weddings. and whatever. You know, I can remember playing for Betty White and Alan Ludden at the Beverly Hills Hotel. Oh, really? Got, oh, yeah, I got into some cool scenes. That you know, so cool, right? Outside my right, band. Yeah. You know, lots of different things can happen for you in California. Right. I ended up playing, uh, being in the, the Memorex commercial where the singer hits the, the high note yeah. and breaks the glass. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm, I in, I'm the drummer in that commercial. Are you really? Yeah. So <laughs> oh, I got wow. A, I ended up getting a job and escape from Alcatraz with uh, uh, Cl- Kurt Russell, Clint Eastwood. Wow! Uh, with Clint Eastwood, I'm, I'm the drummer in the movie, and I'm carrying an accordion case that's got the fan in it that he put the drill in to drill out of Alcatraz. So, wow! Yeah. I mean, I had to cut my long oh, hair off. Escape of from Alcatraz. Really? Yeah, yeah. I'm thinking of Escape from New York. Yeah, no wonder. Yeah, I've used Escape from Alcatraz and Escape from New York, two two different Way movies. Yeah, my bad. I was like, Kurt Russell was in there. Right? Anyway, so yeah, so you're so you're, you're so kind of some good up a breaks. Bit. You know, had some yeah. good breaks, and uh, you know, uh, I can tell you this: by the time I was playing with Flo and Eddie, I embarrassed myself pretty badly. I mean, I'd been up all night, and I was playing at the Shrine Auditorium, and uh, 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 it was a, what an old an oldies type show, and uh, and we did the sound check, and I can remember like as soon as I got done doing the sound check, I laid down on the drum riser, and it didn't look good. I could tell that it that me not not being up and alert and run, run, I just it was all I could do yeah. to get through the sound check that that morning, and I, I was starting to hear the background music playing. Hey man, your shit is starting to mess up your career now. Right. Mm. These guys are starting to look at me funny, and they smoke a lot of weed. Right. <laughs> that's, that's, telling, that's telling you something. Right? Yeah. <laughs> when the slackers you, are telling you you're slacking, right. that's bad, right? Yeah. No shit. That's pretty bad. So, uh, yeah, it was like a curtain call experience. And, and, and uh, you know, that was 1977. So I still had quite a few more years to go because Village People wasn't until 1980, and all that stuff was came, came after. The Turtles was a fantastic job, though. I got to. I gotta say. So you're so you're basically your career's going along, little bumps and bruises along the way. How about like your personal life? Are you like getting married or are you like having any serious relationships? I I uh, I was really focused on my drumming and because I was uh a person that was uh teased and hazed and shunned as a teenager and during my where I should have been doing my dating when I got to be 72, uh, when, in 1972, I mean, when I got to be 22, 21, 22, I went from having a 40-inch waist to a 28-inch waist. Wow. Oh, wow. So I lost a lot of weight and, and, and became a little bit more attractive to the opposite sex. So I started uh, a career of uh, I'll get you guys back for never liking me when I was the way I was four years ago. Oh. Right, right, right. So uh, one girl was never enough. Right. Yeah. So, and you're a musician, so that's sort of a yeah. DNA. And the opportunities were boundless, yeah. <laughs> yeah and sure. Uh, so uh, it's what it was. Uh-huh. It's my story. I have wow. to stick to it. Did you ever settle for, like, did you ever get married? I never got any... married, but I've been in a few long-term relationships. Any about, kids? I had a one girlfriend for... Uh, 15 years and since about 2001 and then uh i had a year and a half relationship and another year relationship and now a four-month relationship so awesome. I'm, I'm, what what about like your relationships with your family how how were how was that going the whole time uh rather strange from my dad uh most of it is because of the guilt my mom put on me for mm. about my about my dad was you know like like she 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 carried her, assassinated him. But later in life, I started seeing what good qualities he had, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and uh, 
And my dad actually had a year of sobriety, not in a program, but his last year, he hadn't had a drink in a year, and then he had to get a, a heart procedure, and they didn't have heart surgery when there was a complication. So he actually died at 69 years and two months. When oh. I passed 69 years and two months, I was going, wow, I've actually outlived my dad now. Oh, and that's, yeah. that's a strange feeling when you pass that yeah. linear line on your life where yeah. your dad's was you've yeah. now lived longer than your dad lived on this earth. And I don't even feel like I'm as old as what he used to seem right. like back oh, then. Yeah, but yeah. I know, I know. You know that's the way it I, goes. I did that about 10 years ago. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. I died at 40. Did you calculate too? I did. Yeah, totally I, did. That's like a man thing. We just do I'm that. I'm just like, holy shit. So like, because I remember seeing him when I was younger and, and, and like, uh, and he lived a few more years after that. And then I got past that age and i'm like holy shit like i'm older than he was and i always thought he was so old i was like oh man <laughs> you know it's just kind of weird you know it's a weird thing you're like wow i wonder what the the future holds for me but i was sober by that point so that was a good thing my dad drank himself to death so but um so your your dad was was an active alcoholic i would say so i remember him having a big scotch tumbler when I'd go down to visit him, and he never finished the last one. He was always snoring to the white noise of the TV right. at 2.30 in the morning. Yeah. But at some point, I think he started smelling the hay, and, 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 and when he started knowing they needed this heart procedure, for some reason, I think he cleaned it up in the last year of his life, which was kind of cool. He knew I was so, moving in that direction. He died in 92, and I was already going to 12-step meetings in 91, so he saw... I think he kind of saw that yeah. I was doing it, and maybe he thought, well, at least I ought to right. do it along with him without even, if he didn't, might have gone to a meeting or worked a program or anything. But he, I think he, maybe it was just his health. Maybe by the time he got that point. So mm-hmm. I'm, I'm, I got sober when I was 42. And so, okay. So he was in, 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 Ninety and he's what you know, twenty five years older than me. So. Right, right. So he's a l- little bit older. How's yeah. your relationship with your mom? Well, <laughs> I I have no complaints over my mom. I think she was a bit domineering and overprotective, but that was probably because of her guilt with the divorce and all stuff. Mm-hmm. Divorces mess up families. Man. They yeah. really do. They, yeah. they they they. And also remember, I was a Virginian in in Virginia. Or to a Virginian, even if you still if you now live in Michigan, if you're from Virginia, they don't even say the word. It's D I V O R C E. Oh, yeah. oh, they do that. Oh, wow. They don't even say. It. Don't even say. It. It. <laughs> They're getting a D I V O R C E. Jesus, you think they're still like that today? I don't know. I don't. I don't think so because divorces are more pre- prevalent oh, and yeah. prominent. So yeah, I, yeah. so uh, I just think in the, the culture is still has that memory in its memory bank. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah, yeah, for sure. And and, it, and with me, it's part of my history, you know, yeah. part of my story timeline. So so how I mean, when you're when you were using, were you still in contact with your mom, or were you kind of? Oh yeah, they my my mom and my stepdad came out to my fiftieth birthday party. I had it on sun it on the Sunset Strip at the Coconut Teaser. Oh yeah, mm-hmm. and, and uh, oh, I had is a, that still around? Uh, I think it is, but it's private parties or something. Yeah. It, it still seems it still kind of seems like it's there, but yeah. I don't know. I don't know. But the guy gave me a great deal, like. Four hundred dollars for the afternoon. Wow! And he, so cool. he wanted the bar in the parking lot, so I had a fiftieth birthday party that was hot wings and blues. Oh, okay. awesome! And I had all of my buddies. Paul Warren came and played guitar. I had Elton John's bass player. I had Ray Manzarek on the keyboard, and we just, we and I recorded it. I have to. Oh, I can, that's cool. I can give you a link if you want to hear it. It's really yeah. good. It came out really good. And uh, of course, that was a sober experience for me because I was yeah. very sober by by that yeah, time. You were like eight years sober or something, huh? Yeah, uh, can't remember. Night two thousand. Yeah, yeah. About, about I'm pretty seven, good at math. Years. Yeah, <laughs> you're pretty good at math. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so that's cool. So okay, all right, let's let's roll it back to. So you said you got sober in ninety two, ninety three. Ninety three. I I began uh, my my meetings. As uh, I had to go do four meetings as a result of a domestic violence incident mm-hmm. that that really to me wasn't a domestic violence incident. I I slammed a door and she got her head cut, and it wasn't an intentional harm done, right. but because there was blood, uh, the cops freaked out. Yeah, and, of course. And it caused a lot of problems. And uh, and uh, they came to the door. She was she walked out after that the bloods thing, and and. Uh, 
And, you know, the cops said to me, uh, listen, Mr. Hunter, you have to open the door. Bam, 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 bam. And I got a Great Dane and a Rottweiler barking like crazy. And he said, you need to contain your dogs and, and, and come out. We just want to talk. There, your your lady has a, has a bit of blood here. We want to discuss it with you. Don't worry. You're not you're not going to get arrested. And, and <laughs> Famous going, last words. This is like mm-hmm. such so a I, lie. So I go, like... I go and take my dogs in the backyard and I, and I knock the door and immediately I'm ham, handcuffed. I say, hey, you said you weren't going to arrest me. He says, no, that was my partner. I'm arresting you. <laughs> so... So part of my penance uh-huh. was four AA meetings, 25 hours of domestic violence therapy, and uh, what else? Something else. Those are the... Any fines? What? No I'm fines. Sure, sure fines. Mm, no, I don't fines. think I had any fines, but oh, okay. those are the two main things I had to do. Well, I got the I got the domestic violence therapy out of the way first. I just kind of held on to this little four-signature nudge from the judge card, right. and, and I went and did the 25... Uh, on my motorcycle, went out to the valley where it was twenty five dollars a session. I was the only guy that didn't have tattoos on his neck. Yeah. <laughs> so it was kind of I think what is it more? I don't think I will fit in here. Mm. And the guy that's running the thing treated me like I was the worst of them all. <laughs> yeah. yeah. So I, I just got through it, and then I said, "Okay, let's go to the AA meeting." So now it's time for me to go to some twelve step stuff. Uh-huh. Yeah. And so I go and show up, and uh, it's a gay meeting. Oh, Fountain of Fairfax. Oh, oh well, makes yeah. sense. That yeah. makes yeah. sense. And they, and they gave me a, a big book and, and told me about what was on. You would, do you think you have a problem? Da 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 da. da. I said, well. I'm there was, there was, I got in a, I got, I got here as a result of drinking and, mm-hmm. and all that. And, and, uh, so, oh man, it, it, it was just really nice. It, so I liked the way it felt, uh, as far as being accepted by somebody. Yeah. And it started attracting me and, and these gay guys, I'm thinking, Hey, they're going to love me because I'm the drummer for the village people. <laughs> they're going to think I'm the, their hero from their flagship group. Yeah. Uh, that didn't work no, out that huh? way. <laughs> but, but, uh, but I stuck around and I got addicted to morning 12-step meetings. Wow. A 7.30 a.m. group, and I went seven days a week. And I learned that if you drank every day, maybe you ought to go to a meeting every day. Yes. So I started doing that, and that's one of the reasons I'm liking coming to that sunrise meeting because I'm kind of re-amping my my yes. program, so to speak, because it, that COVID thing shut it down. Yeah, and uh, I'm real happy about that. Oh, it's beautiful, and I'm really happy about the way you treat me and the way you treat me, and so many people treat uh-huh. me in that meeting. Mm-hmm. In ways that I didn't experience in my Hollywood group, oh. so it's you know it's touching. In that, a way. That's so, awesome. I, I mean, you know, it's funny. It's like I started the show, kind of reinvigorated my program. Then I found that meeting also, mm-hmm. and then I, I've been going to that one. And I'm telling you, man, I've probably been to that meeting it's more. It is. It is magical. It's, I've been to that meeting more than I've been to any meeting since I got into the sobriety. More, more consistently. I haven't seen any dysfunction in the group yet. Um, yeah. I, I had. I heard Sean one day he said somebody's texting somebody inappropriately. Yeah, that's yeah. A, but we snip it real it, quick. Right. Yeah, We're pretty good on those things. Yeah, so yeah. cool. I love that meeting. I know. I know. It's great. It's great. So. All right. So, what was what, what was like that last year of your use like? I mean, I know you said that you had gone to those four meetings, and and so like that was nineteen ninety two. That was like nineteen ninety two. So yeah, well, how was nineteen ninety ninety one was when I went to my first meeting. Oh okay. Got okay. that card. It was January uh, October first was my first sobriety date. Ninety one. Okay. Mm-hmm. And then I went all the way to um, January twenty eighth, ninety three. Uh, sober, and then I had a slip on January twenty eighth. Were you? 93. Did you do the steps during that time? Yeah, well, oh, okay. I was working with different people in okay. in my group and stuff like that. And I've always, in in my early years, in the first huh, twenty years, 
been mm-hmm. in a big book study in a 12 and 12, mm-hmm. always. And I really miss the 12 and 12. Don't seem to find too many of those. It seems like right. they're not even mentioning the 12 and 12 right. as much anymore. It depends where you go, you know, yeah. I think. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, but you're right. Yeah, it's like it was kind of when I got it sober, it seemed like there was it was a lot more prevalent than mm-hmm. it is today. But mm-hmm. it might just mm-hmm. be the groups we're in. I don't know. Well, the thing I love about that 12 and 12 in the, in the chapter, uh, in the step four paragraph, that it's, and, and matter of fact, I remembered perfectly because it's the paragraph that starts and now let's ponder it's about halfway through mm-hmm. and it's it's that's i remember that because if you're in a weekly step step study you can't do the full chapter you got to so you got to yeah. start it now let's ponder on the next week mm-hmm. so i remember that chapter but it said an interesting thing it said if you're not if you if you find a defect offensive to you i'm paraphrasing yes go ahead change it change the word to something that makes you understand what we're trying to talk to you about here that helps you keep your seat don't let a word drive you away from the program yes right so that if i if there was ever anything that i'd want to transmit and Mm -hmm. i have the ability to because i got something here Mm -hmm. if there's a word and it could be defect it could be disease Mm -hmm. both of those are kind of offensive to me actually but uh don't let that stuff keep you from getting your healing and restoration. Mm-hmm. That's your divine birthright yeah. as a child of God, of whom he's well pleased, made in his image likeness, perfect, whole, and complete. Mm-hmm. Have your realization. Use your real eyes, your real eyes, your spiritual eyes, and get to know your, the God of your understanding. You won't be creating him. He created you. You won't be creating him, but come to a God of your understanding. Understand that he made you full of love. Understand that he's filled you with all kinds of faculties that got scrambled because of the stuff you put your, in your mouth mm-hmm. and, you, and, you're, and, 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 it, and it contaminated this beautiful piece of machinery called the human mind. Mm-hmm. Yeah, we get we 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 barraged ourselves with external spirits. We killed off our internal spirit, but it didn't die. Mm-hmm. It didn't really die. It's always been in there. It's not going anywhere, and it's filled with functionality. It's filled with healing, filled with restoration, filled with love, and filled with all the wonderful spiritual faculties that go along with getting this thing called your marbles back. I love it when you say that. Could I tell you what those marbles are? (laughs) Yeah, Yeah, tell us what the marbles are. Those marbles are faith, love, strength, wisdom, power, imagination, understanding, God's sense will, God's will, which is absolute good working for you. Mm Mm-hmm. His sense of order. So we, that's why we make lists and whip it twice in our pro, in our program. We mm-hmm. we make a list. And we get a whole lot more done in a day than we so used true. to. So true. I have a lot of lists. And zeal, this ability to sit up straight and tell the truth and be animated and excited just as much or maybe even more than we Probably were about an more. El Coyote Margarita. <laughs> and then number 11 is renunciation, and that's letting go of people, places, and things not mm-hmm. for our highest good. And finally, and I do it with a big breath, life and more of it in abundance. Yes. So I like to uh, visit my, my spiritual gifts. I call them my marbles. We lose our marbles before we come in here and we get them back if we start to find out what they are yeah. and uplift them and realize them and, yeah. and salute them and own them. And speak them. And uh, just saying these words gets it on your mind. Yes. Look, there was a, there's another th- thing. In the beginning, I'm not going to get all religious on you. Go here. ahead. Okay, you can do whatever you want. In the beginning. There was rock and roll? There was light. <laughs> In the beginning, God said, let there be. And out came this thing called the ever-expanding universe. Mm -hmm. Now, that thing that said, let there be, that entity, that magnificent thing that you're going to have your own understanding of, Mm -hmm. it made you like itself, Mm -hmm. I believe. And because I'm made like that, I too get to say, let there be. And whatever I say, let there be, becomes my reality and expands for me. 
And when I start thinking about that stuff, I start being able to use my executive power Mm -hmm. given to me by the grand executor. I become a co-creator with God. Mm -hmm. And... uh, uh, that's the stuff I'm living for. You know, it, it sounds a lot like the, a lot of people talk about manifesting yes. in the program and spirituality, and mm-hmm. and they they kind of connect those things, and and that's exactly what that what you're what you know what you're talking about. What it sounds yeah, like. I got my own way of saying it, but that's yeah. that, you know that's yeah. my, that's my truth, and I am sticking yeah. with that. Yeah, yeah it, it propels me. Yeah, I feel like I feel like you know being the co-creator is such a is such a great thing that I think we all like we all get a, a piece of here once in a while if you're working like if you're working toward whatever this program ha- has to offer if you're working toward that you get you get little bits and pieces of it and if you're working it really well i think it works better for you and like i i i even like i even think that you know there was a there was a bit of self-sabotage in in me in the first you know eight nine years of of my program i mean i learned how not to drink but i didn't learn how to like trust myself and to like to 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 lean into pain to to do all these things that like that adults do you know i think adults you know like they 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 don't avoid the pain at all costs they they see something they see an obstacle and it's might maybe a painful obstacle and and they just walk through it you know and like i think that my first few years in the program taught me how not to drink, but didn't teach me, or I, I didn't want to learn how to walk through it yet. You know, it just took me a while. And those, those marbles that you're talking about, it's like I had a few of them because I was only working part of the program. And, you know, and as, as I learned the work more of the program, I think I, I got more of my marbles back, you know, so <laughs> it's funny speak. how there's 12 of those. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And they correlate. Yeah, so. it's true. It's true. You know, it's, it, God loves me like the best thing he ever made. Mm-hmm. For for growing up in a situation where I felt unloved, mm-hmm. unwanted, unacceptable, dysfunctional, yeah. not fit in, never going to be right, all the stuff lives back here in the subconscious. I need a 12-step subconscious cleaning system. Mm-hmm. Right. And I need to remember that God loved me like the best thing he ever made. Yes. I'm a child of God. He's going to spoil me rotten. I ought to be rubbernecking about that shit right there. <laughs> I love this. See what I'm saying? Yeah. yeah. Okay. Absolutely. And, 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 I, there's there's no better high than that. There is, there's no yeah. better. You 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 can look all those places on the outside. Mm-hmm. Well, what a genius God is! He put all the good stuff on the inside. Yeah. All you have to do is go inside and pull it out mm-hmm. yes. and realize it. Speaking so, of that, how mm-hmm. do you how how you came into the program? You started working the stuff. How do you how do you reach that? Like how do you get that through the program? How do, you, how do you get to those gifts? Well, it's it's the result of it's the result of the steps. It's the spiritual experience, right? And and to to learn to get quiet, to learn to pray, to learn to meditate, meditate. to go outside of twelve step programs and look for other spiritual exactly. places to inspire you too. Don't have to go to mine. Mm-hmm. You know, I can't have divas. Right. Mm-hmm. You know, I can't have the deans. <laughs> I got to have Jimmy's, yeah. mm-hmm. and there's one waiting for me. There's one waiting for anybody that's listening right now. Mm-hmm. And and the, the trick is to know that this is the big leagues now. Mm-hmm. If you're about to get sober, put on your big boy pants, step up the plate and try trying to play ball. I yeah. love him. I See, the yeah. thing is, I feel like, um, you know, the first year of sobriety, it's like you're just trying to stay off the alcohol and drugs and then you work the steps and you dump all that rocks that you've been carrying and then you get into like this mode of you know you you're placed in neutrality where it's like now what what are you and then you start wanting to grow more more spiritually more in contact with your inner inner source of unlimited power and but i also think like some people get to that level yeah. And then others just continue to grow. Yeah. You know, there's like different levels of being in recovery. I mean, that, that's the thing with, with the 12 step uh, lifestyle. Let's yeah. say. I think that like you can get to a point, and I think there was been times that where I got to points where I was like everything was clicking and I got my marbles back, all Good. 12 of them. <laughs> and then, and then like, you know, then like maybe something happened and I, I forgot maybe to use some of these tools, some of these things that were, they were helping me keep my marbles and I'd lose a few of them, you know? So it's like a constant process. And mm-hmm. I, it's like the whole like recovered, I, I, you know, concept of like I'm, uh, I'm a recovered alcoholic. Yeah. You know, if you I, recover- if I 
say that. from that seemingly hopeless state of yeah. mind. If it's that like, marble word scaring you, it's just replace it with faculties. That's what it is. It's yeah. your yeah. it's your sanity. We get restored yes. to sanity. Yes. Hello, read it. Yeah. It's in your steps. Yeah. You'll. St- I can hear Steve talking from our meeting. Oh, <laughs> oh, the oh. there's my guru. <laughs> that's, that's mine too. There's our guru. We, <laughs> he and I bonded on day one. Yeah. Yeah. He, he, he called awesome. me. Oh yeah. We 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 says let's co-sponsor each other. Come on. <laughs> <laughs> I love yeah. Steve. I know. Yes. I know. It's, that's my sponsor, by the way. Oh. Yeah. My goodness! <laughs> Good choice, bro. Yeah, he's he's Good great. Choice. Mm-hmm. He's great. Yeah. Um, yeah. Where I'm just like, oh, gosh, what what are some of the things that you do that, like um, in the in the program that like do you do you sponsor people? I've had bad luck. I've had more than three deaths mm-hmm. on in sponsees. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So you know, like. I'm afraid to say that in a meeting. Who would ever ask you, you know? Mm-hmm. And and I'm such a gregarious chap. I think I scare a lot of people with my spirituality. You know, my my forthrightness about it can be scary to a mm-hmm. newcomer. Yeah. But guess what? I'll be the first one to stay at the end of the meeting and give a hug. I'll I'll be the first one to take somebody out and buy them breakfast. Mm-hmm. And 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 I I'm always keep myself available, mm-hmm. and I and I certainly want to be carry my end of being supportive mm-hmm. in what we call the ultimate support system. Right, yeah. Right. So uh, does that help answer yeah, your question? Yeah, yeah. That, that does. That does. So I, the answer is not today. Right. But who knows tomorrow? And it's not ha- not like I haven't. Yeah. 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 But uh, I had a lot of. Tr- you know, they say get a black suit when you join AA. Yeah, that's yeah. true, because you're going to be going on a I've lost a lot of people, man, and they weren't old. I know. You know yeah, oh, yeah, rough. we have. Yeah. A lot of suicides, a yeah. lot of crazy lot stuff, of, you oh, know, and, and, and it, it keeps you sober if you, if you want it. Mm-hmm. It, yeah. it shows you how close you could be to hospitals, jails, institutions, mm-hmm. or death. Yeah. Oh, yeah, we've been to some of those. Yeah. We've been to a lot of those. Yeah, yeah. for sure. <laughs> I, I, I was going to say... Uh, you know, like, what are some of the toughest things that you've dealt with in, in the last 29 years? Uh, this is controversial. Uh, I've had to get restraining orders on two members of my 12-step group. Okay. Really? One hit me one time uh, in, a, in a meeting, and then after a meeting, another one threw hot coffee on me. Okay. Oof. That was not uh, – that didn't go over well with the members that I, that I uh, had – 12 cops come in with shotguns and take one guy out, the guy that hit me. What kind of, wow. what kind of and, groups are you and be he, hanging out with? And yeah. he spent, I don't get any drama like that in my groups. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Hollywood's a crazy place for Yeah, for, It is. For some oh, I'm gonna, I'm gonna, hey, let's and go it can there. divide some groups, you know. And, yeah. and believe it or not, at, at the, uh, I guess it was a trial, I was the only one sitting on my side. All the other people were supporting the guy that hit me. Mm-hmm. That's not cool. Yeah. And uh, here's why he hit me. I said, uh, whatever his name was, I said, in the meeting, it was just a small meeting, like this small. Mm-hmm. I said, dude, you just took your sponsor's checkbook and wrote checks out to yourself for hundreds of dollars multiple times he's dying of cancer and he died three days later he's dying he's dying he says you can't you're you're a convicted felon you're more than a three striker if you do if you keep this stuff up you're gonna go out to jail and boom he popped me so all i was doing was suggesting hey if you're gonna keep this behavior up you're gonna go back to jail bam and knocked me down and and broke my glasses so And uh, and and the other one with the coffee was, uh, I was, I'm a little hard of hearing. So yeah. when I'm making an AA announcement, if I'm hearing people talk while I'm making it, it gets me a little squirrely. Mm-hmm. And and I stopped one day and said, "Hey, listen, I won't say her name either." Mm-hmm. I said, "If if if you're going to talk when I'm making this AA announcement at the end of the meeting, I uh I I, I can't I I I'll have to stop and let you know because." I can't think about what I'm going to say. Yeah. Yeah. And it, I know that it wasn't me because speakers had also, I wonder if it was the same day, had said she was scrunching a water bottle. You ever uh-huh. have a water oh, yeah, bottle yeah. scruncher oh, in a meeting? God, yeah. She was doing that. And, and and the speaker stopped and looked at her and she's scrunching away. And she 
she goes, she goes, she, she goes, I guess scrunching that water bottle seemed like a good idea at the time, didn't it? <laughs> so it, it, there's some toxic people that that yeah. are going to rattle your last nerve. And you're going to have to work a fourth step on all these resentments. Mm -hmm. And I found, I, 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 this is an important thing about the fourth step. Uh -huh. The fourth step was always going to ask me to look for, at my part in it. Yeah. Mm -hmm. At some point, and you look at your part in it, and you're confused about your part in it, I would suggest if it's a person, place, or thing that you have a resentment against, mm -hmm. have no more part in it. Exactly. Right. That's the lesson. If, I, if I'm looking for my part in it and I'm not seeing an active part in it and mm -hmm. I'm seeing and I'm feeling like a victim mm -hmm. and, and I know there are no victims, only volunteers, I really don't want to volunteer for victimhood. Right. <laughs> I'm going to have to say, like I did on marble number 11 here, renunciation. Let go of people, places, and things not for your highest good. Yes. They got to go. But good news. You let it go. You just made room for some new good stuff in your life. Exactly. That's right. That's right. But the possible news is some new bad shit might come instead. And that's fine. You gotta <laughs> and it's that got risk. to go too. You got to take that risk. You never know, right? <laughs> take that risk. So yeah. it's a clean house process and it's lifelong. Yes. You know, you don't just get rid of some stuff to have the good stuff and cash in prizes from the being sober. Yeah. You know, right. It's, right. it's a learning experience and build. And all I can say is if I keep my words positive and speak the most positive things I can, then I'll bring about that. You know, what you think about, bring you bring about. Yeah. What you have your eye on has mm -hmm. its eye on you. What you have your mind on has its mind on you. Exactly. So what you going to put your mind on? Positive stuff. I know I can have as far as I can see. I can have as far as I can see. I'm, I'm God's kid. Mm -hmm. So there's only one question. How far am I willing to look? How free do you want to be? Yeah. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Nice. So let me ask you a question. All right. Are you going to um, ask her? Him of your course, question? I'm going to ask uh -huh. my okay. favorite question. Okay, ask me your favorite you know, question. 29 years. What advice would you give someone who has less than 30 days and is struggling? Well, the first the first thing I say is congratulations for taking steps towards stopping cutting off this ribbon of your life. Mm -hmm. Keep doing that. Mm -hmm. Stick with that. S come to a meeting tomorrow. Mm -hmm. You know, if you're a woman, find a woman and talk to her. Mm -hmm. If you're a man, find a man and talk to him. Mm -hmm. And 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 be a little selective before you tell too many of your secrets to that person you first pick because they might be sick and and you got to make sure that that it's the right person mm, that's a good one and and i because i had some bad experience i got betrayed in AA. i got hurt in AA just like i got hurt when i was a kid that's the hurts didn't from my peers and my fellows didn't stop just because i joined a 12-step that's right mm -hmm. and uh this is, that number 11 never fails me. Let go. You'll yeah. never be alone. Let go. You'll yeah. never be alone. You're ne you'll never be alone. It should probably be the thing I would tell them. Congratulations. There's plenty of love here. Mm -hmm. Love us. Let us love you back. Learn, what, learn about the reciprocalness of mm -hmm. loving and giving love. And, and if you haven't been loved in a while, we're going to love you because that's what we do here. Exactly. So Yeah. yeah. That's beautiful. That is. Oh, uh, I guess I got to ask my question now. Cool. Hey, so uh, what would you, do you have, do you have one specific time or moment that you think of as the spiritual experience of, of the program for you? Or... Yeah. Okay, good. <laughs> <laughs> and when was that? Yeah. How was that? I, I did. First of all, before I answer that question, I just want to say, I was raised a Southern Baptist. Mm -hmm. I was such a chicken shit about getting baptized that my grandparents came from 200 miles away to see me get baptized two or three times because I was too embarrassed about my body to go in there and get into the white clothes I was going to get baptized mm -hmm. in with all the other kids. Wow. So coming from that place, I joined uh, Della Reese's church. Mm. And I took all the classes to become a minister in this thing called New Thought, mm -hmm. which is a little like Unity, but uh, 
but different. And uh, there was a wonderful teacher there named Patricia Matthew. And she goes, hey, you're you're going to meetings, aren't you? You're going to the 12-step program, aren't you? I go, yeah. She goes, so, so uh, see, in, in New Thought, we don't name and claim disease. Mm-hmm. She said, uh, let me ask you a couple of questions. And here comes my spiritual experience. She goes, she goes are you, uh, you, you, they say they're liars and they're thieves and uh, liar, cheat, and, and a thief. thief. Mm-hmm. Okay. Are you a liar? I said, well, not today. Are you a cheat? Not today. Are you a thief? Not today. Then what are you? And I said, I'm a recovered alcoholic. Mm-hmm. And from that moment, because of her questioning, she knew I was having un- a lot of com- un- a lot of issues about saying I'm sick, I'm diseased, my stinking thinker. Those are just things I don't say. You're going to, people in recovery homes that are hearing me saying, well, don't listen to that hunter guy. He doesn't know what he's talking about. This is my experience. Mm-hmm. And you asked me to come here and give it to you. Mm-hmm. Yes. You know, I, I, I'm saying, I can do this with positive words, thoughts, ideas, actions, and reactions. I can do this. Mm-hmm. I can do this by steering my mind in, in the most fruitful way I possibly can and having a better handshake with God and having a better understanding and, and be a seeker of that. Yes. And if, when I'm focused on that, doggone it's going to get bigger. So my experience was when I told her, when she made me think right. about owning negativity with my mouth. And but it's a funny church. If you say, uh, "Oh man, this headache is killing me," they'll go, "Don't say that." <laughs> Don't say They're that. Really like, you might you're bringing on your death. That. Exactly. By saying that. Yeah. yeah. So it's it's a strong school. It's almost culty. So is AA. I got news <laughs> yeah. for you. Yeah. Oh yeah. Everybody always says, oh, "Like that's AA shit." Just you know, <laughs> uh, it's just like a cult that, like, instead of taking away, it gives. So that's the problem yeah. with uh, with AA. It that's is, that's yeah. the difference between that kind of cult and the bad kind of cult. You know? Yeah. Yeah. yeah, and and I and I I belong to two. Are they cults? <laughs> two cults. You know, positive cults. Yeah. Let's call them. <laughs> I let I let them fill up my mind with good stuff, mm-hmm. yeah. and I took what I wanted and I left, left the, the rest. rest. Hello, exactly. yeah. don't. That's a that's another good one to tell the yeah, newcomer. Hey, exactly. you're going to hear a lot of stuff here. Take what you want. Leave the rest. Yeah. Keep collecting. Yeah. Collect all the good stuff. Mm-hmm. It's not just a hobby. Yeah. You know what? It's so funny that because uh, I remember my, my my sponsor, my first sponsor, telling me that, and and so like there was a lot of stuff that I was like, eh. And then it's funny you come back to it a year later, eighteen months, two years, three, four, five years later, and and you hear the same thing that you were going, eh, and you're like, no, that's the real gem out yeah. of what this whole paragraph is talking about. Is this sentence the one I just discarded five years ago? Yeah. You know, so it's, it's cool. Like you know, it keeps it's the it it just keeps giving and giving this program. Yeah. Well, that's know? like reading the book. That's why yeah. you continuously read it because sometimes it speaks to you. Uh-huh. At different levels of your life, you yeah. know, you could totally read it when the first year and you're like, I don't get this. And later on, you're like, yes, I totally, it speaks to me now in whatever phase you are going through. Yeah. They, they read that chapter five, we claim progress, not perfection. Mm-hmm. Every day in a meeting. Mm-hmm. If I get a chance to read that, and it, I don't very often because they know that I have a trouble with it. I claim progress towards consciousness awareness of my spiritual perfection. Mm-hmm. Okay. That's what I claim. Mm-hmm. I know that I know that I know, and I'm not going to put anything about different than in my brain now mm-hmm. that's not going to shine shine like a beacon. Once you know, you know. All right. That sounds mm-hmm. like the, the tagline to my movie. <laughs> I feel like that's what that's how, how our enlightened group chat always goes towards. Yeah. Like, once you know, no, you no. know. Yeah, I am. I'm a creator. I'm God. That's right. Hey, Jimmy, thank you for coming on. We we reached out of time. Uh, We had a powwow. We did. Oh, man. I got to meet you in in, in IRL, real life. Um, (laughs) Let me see. Okay, so thank you to our sponsor. 
Drake Cuts. That's right. That's right. And, and it, Talking Circles. And West Co. Isn't he go by? Isn't he go by West Covina Barber now or something what? like that? Yeah, I, I think he's know. doing that. Anyway, yeah. And thanks to Talking Circle Studios, the best and only studio podcast studio in awesome. Monrovia that oh, I know yeah. of. Okay. Is there any other in Monrovia? I don't, I don't think there is. So I'm, nice I'm claiming it. Yeah. Very nice, comfortable <laughs> facility. Right. We 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 serve espresso here and everything. So. <laughs> I know. <laughs> um, and if you want to reach out to the Terminally Unique Podcast, you can reach us at the Terminally Unique Podcast at gmail.com or on the Facebook page, the Terminally Unique Podcast, or here, this is you. This is your line. What? What? I already said the Facebook page and the and the Gmail. So you know what, what's what's left. Or your or what? The IG man, the IG. I never get the IG right. Uh, okay, well it's terminally underscore unique underscore podcast. No slashes. Only only underscore. No, yeah, no, no dashes. You're oh, supposed no to say no dashes. Yeah, oh no. Jesus, I'm oh, feeling God. today. Yeah, you're on your phone. <laughs> you know I'm tired. It's <laughs> been a long week. It I has, see you every it day. <laughs> it has. I want to give a shout out to uh, to three of our biggest fans. We got Robin out there who Ooh-hoo. gives me a critique almost every week. Really? So I'm waiting for this Thanks, one. Thanks, Robin. Yeah, she's awesome. And then and then Miriam, who's the best. Oh, Miriam. Yeah. Is it inappropriate to plug my music? Sorry. No, go ahead. I want to invite you, if you'd like to see my recording studio site, jimmyhunter.com, or hear my music catalog. It's gotten fat since I retired, so come take it out because it's good. Jimbo Jams with a Z, J-I-M-B-O-J-A-M. Are you on Apple Music or anything? No. J-I-M-B-O-J-A-M-Z.com. There you'll find everything there on four or five different separate genres, including my new... Oh, Ten I love- song I sing in Spanish. Oh, album. I love that what? that Latin album. Yes, you sing in so Spanish. Awesome. My beautiful so teacher good. here. Oh, it was so good. Coach. Awesome. Uh, yeah, That's all the so girls great. listen. The lovely Eraminia. So awesome. Oh, nice. Thank you. You do have a great voice. I gotta say, I, I'm glad yeah. he wasn't at karaoke. It would have put yeah. me to shame. Yeah. I want. I want him to like. <laughs> yeah, and you know, in that karaoke room, we have there's a drum set. We oh, I know, I know. Next time we have karaoke, we're gonna get we're gonna you have there. You. But we, you need to bring the sticks. That's the only thing that we we are always missing is yeah, the sticks. sticks. But oh. The whole drum set is there. Yeah, <laughs> I don't think right I'm there. gonna do that. But I would. I'll I'll come sing a tune. I'll figure. Okay. It. Yeah. I do a mean. Call me irresponsible. <laughs> okay. All right. We're looking forward to that. We're gonna yeah. uh, record that and post it on our terminally unique podcast (laughs) ig okay all right um and i guess that's it till next week so i love you i love you thank you i'm sending love to everybody i love love you i love everyone out there be cool stay in school don't you be no fool and practice the golden rule (laughs) (laughs) all All right right. everybody okay okay bye bye guys